Hi, and welcome to the Temple Podcast again. My name is Edward Pike. Um, if you don't know me, I'm the founder of the Temple. And we're here today to really help you connect with your true and your highest potential and support you to share that and to bring that to the world. So this podcast is a space for exploring the art of service. And every episode is dedicated to one individual's work and journey. And we really dive in and explore some of the challenges and some of the key learnings and discoveries of stepping into our purpose and of leading our lives and our work with authenticity and courage. So in this episode, myself and Rob Hamilton have a wonderful conversation with one of our first core energetics teachers, Charles Corley. So Charlie, as we know him, uh, is based in New York. He's been doing this work for three decades working with people in different contexts, in different formats, as you'll hear, and coming from a life as an actor into a life of service, really following a deeper call within him to support people in different ways, which led him to training with the founder of Core Energetics, maybe, I think, three decades ago, John Pierakos, and then, of course, to building his own practice in, in New York City and becoming a teacher and... Um, ending up teaching, for example, in Greece the, when the Greek Institute opened up a few six years ago, I think six or seven years ago. And Charlie was there to support that. It's a beautiful conversation. And this is really for, especially um, interesting, I think, for people who are either considering or just transitioning from, from any line of work to a line of work that is maybe more heart-centered and more connected to your purpose. Not automatically therapeutic, but any person, any role, any transition. Because Charlie really talks about this, and we dive into this a little bit, what it, what it feels like, what it's like to say yes to that little part of us that knows it wants to do something different. And the challenges and the discoveries and the practicalities of that to actually opening in this context a new practice, a, psycho, a body psychotherapy practice. But this applies to all of you that are thinking of transitioning or already making the steps. So before we dive into this, I just want to talk to you a tiny little bit about the campfire. So the campfire is our members section. It's our members network. So you can join it for a dollar a month. It's even under a dollar. It's 99 cents. And with that, you get access to our, our online network where we're sharing regular bonus content. You can interact with other members, ask questions, uh, um, receive some support, receive some guidance. It's really a space for interaction and sharing. And then if you want to, you can also try a two-week trial to join the $25 tier, which gives you access to two live sessions every month beautiful campfire sessions where we just spend some time about just over an hour connecting online doing a bit of meditation and really talking about our shared experience and myself and Rob Hamilton are there to reflect and to support um, and to help you go deeper and not just us but the whole group creates this beautiful collective energy 
And it's a wonderful group that's been created over the past years and um, every single session is beautiful and transformational and very powerful and gentle and fun and joyful at the same time. So I really invite you to give it a taste. You can uh, go to the temple.love slash membership to sign up to either straight away to the, the, the higher tier or start with a $1 tier. Then you can access a two-week trial um, for the $25 tier, which gives you access to uh, uh, one, um, one campfire session. So with all of that, sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. We all want to help one another. Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery. We don't want to hate and despise one another. Well, there's room for everyone, and the good earth is rich and can provide for everyone. The way of life can be free and beautiful. Nice. So, hello, Charlie. Hello. Hello, hello Hi. guys. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so good to see you. Good again. to see you. Yeah, and you. Yeah. Thank and you for. Last time I saw you was graduation. Yeah, which is uh, over a year ago. Over a year ago now. Because, yeah, that's how we met you, isn't I it? Know. Through. Cornergetics. You, you are a teacher. <laughs> I am a teacher, and yeah. I've been teaching cornergetics from, from New York for 22 years, yeah. right? And, you know, um, so it's been quite a journey in those 22 years, but there's, there was a lot before those 22 years, and when I was looking at the word temple, Mm. Right, I um, I remember when I w- when I in nineteen eighty one I decided to go from Boston to California, right? And before that, I had my master's degree in counseling, right? But my counseling, um, I took a um, as a, a what a hiatus, yeah. right? Yeah. For sixteen years. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. I went from working in a methadone clinic, okay, to being a director of a program of forty kids, to to really decide that um, I wanted to do business. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, in my journey, I went from I I I was a I was a salesperson who sold copiers, mm-hmm. right in Austin. After I had this unbelievable growth in my masters in counseling, okay, but then somehow my journey and somehow I decided that I was going to put that to the side and try to do business, mm-hmm. right, and well. but. I was really good at selling copiers, but it was something that felt that I was good at it. I, was, I liked the, the aggressiveness of selling mm-hmm. and, get, and getting it, but there was something empty for me. Mm-hmm. And so 
I, at, at that point, I decided to take an acting class, okay, and in Boston. And from the acting class, I decided to go on a vacation to California. And when I went to California, I spent 10 days there. And when I came back, I decided that I was going to move to California, okay? And I went to California in February. In April, I decided at the, at the, um, at the Boston Marathon, I, I turned to my friend David and I said, you know what? I'm moving to California. He said, nah, you got me kidding me. I said, you watch, I'm going, right? And... You know, I was 30 years old, okay? And I decided to go to California. And so I drove 3,000 miles to California. And I remember driving through the desert of 110 degrees. And I had this hot T-shirt on. And I was coming and I got to L.A. and there was a smog. And I said to myself, now, why did I come here? Right? <laughs> Right, and um, so it, 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 in there, I I um, I got another sales job because I had to pay the bills. Right, I fell in love, but what I what happened was I went. I was feeling really lonely in L.A. You know, I I was living by myself, and I went into a temple of Namiyoho Rengekyo. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I went in and I said to these guys, you know, I had a girlfriend. She chanted Namiyoho Rengekyo. Her name was Liza in Boston. And she asked me to chant with her. And I told her, don't bother me in the morning. You know? In <laughs> <laughs> <like> my coffee. <laughs> you know? And, and here I am in, in L.A. going into this temple and I say to these guys, I said, you know, I'm really lonely here. I don't know anybody. And my ex-girlfriend chanted Nam Miyoho Renge Kyo. And so I started to chant with these guys mm -hmm. yeah. in L.A. So, you know, it's like, and, and then I even got what they call my gahunza, which is this thing that you chant towards. Yeah, I know. Okay? See that, yeah. Hunza, right? I was in the mountains of California, like the whole uh, church was, was like chanting. I mean, it was like going, I remember I felt like a reporter and thinking, what am I doing here? <laughs> right? And, um, and I got my heart broken from a Lisa who I work with. Mm. And then I decided that I really came out here to act. So I got, I took my first acting class with Bill Sorrells, okay? And I, the work I work, I, they said they were gonna let me go because my heart was broken. I had no desire to sell anymore. Mm -hmm. And I asked them to, to fire me so I could get unemployment, right? And they did. And so then I went on the journey of chanting for a while and doing my acting and feeling like I was looking for my temple, but I was really looking for what, you know, I thought I could be this, this famous actor, right? And um, 
anyway, I did a year of act, year and a half of acting and all that, and then just and then um, I met a guru named Raji in California with a, a woman named Susan and Sally, and we they introduced me to him and the premies, and I got and I received knowledge for for, for um four hours in Malibu, up in the mountains, okay? And now I was on this spiritual journey, California. I was off the train of mainstream, okay? And um, and I was taking acting class after I was auditioning. And I was playing softball in Santa Monica, and I'm in the outfield, and the next thing I know, I'm in the hospital, and I don't know where I am or who I am, and the, and I had collided with another person in the outfield with my head, mm -hmm. and decided in that hospital that I was not gonna die in LA, and then I was mm. going to go back home to my, to go back home to New York. And that's what mm. I did. And I felt like God was speaking to me. Yeah. It was like so clear that I was going to leave now. Just like it was clear that I was coming to California, it was clear that I was going to go back to New York. Right? Yeah. So, is, is that something you've always trusted? Because it sounds like you, you have these... Like this guidance of like this inner voice to say like go to LA, do acting, <laughs> like go back to Brooklyn. I, I wish I could say I always trusted it. I think I, I began. I think I began to trust it more and more. I think the spiritual connection that I got going to LA, um, and 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 and. Going on, my, going there by myself, you know, helped me to to trust my guidance yeah. more. And I think my acting was about my trusting my in Okay. So the the day I was leaving. LA, this past life channel, I did a session with her, okay? Before, the day I was leaving, somebody had given me her name, I came and she told me that I, in my past life, I was a gladiator, okay? <laughs> and that I was in the arena and the person I was fighting was, um, was my uh, was having an affair with my wife, and he, and she said that I I I had him beat, and I couldn't kill him because it was for the wrong reason, and the empire told me the the emperor wanted me to you know thumbs down, mm -hmm. and I. And I escaped, and she said I would find my emperor in New York. Mm. You know, right? So I figured 
And so I went back and I started to work for my father, which was a roller coaster ride. <clears throat> okay. And eventually, seven years of creating business, doing TV shows and stuff for that, for my creativity. I, his, his company went bankrupt, but I knew I had, I, I knew that this was not for me. And then I left his company. I worked for a rank for two years as a marketing director. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, I, I, I was doing an acting class with this woman, Allison, and she took me to an open weekend at the Pathwork. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I joined the Pathworks uh, four-year program, and I felt at home. I felt like I, like like this is where I I needed to go. Mm-hmm. But I was still in, I, I, and I met my wife there. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and I, but I was still doing a job. I was so afraid of that I had to make money that I took a job, but. This woman wrote me a letter from the Pathwork saying to me, she wrote me, she, she was a teacher and she said, you know, you are so good with kids and you, you need to go back into your field that you came from years mm-hmm. ago, right? And um, Do you want to explain so, a bit what Pathwork is? How would you explain to someone who doesn't yeah, know what Pathwork is? Spiritual community based on Eva Parak is channeling 258 lectures about the obstacles that prevent you from being with your divine self, which includes the mask, lower self, and higher self. Okay? So then I, I, I not only met my wife-to-be there, but I also... When this letter, this lady wrote me a letter, and then I got fired from the job I hated that I stopped really working. They fired me on Labor Day. They sent me a Federal Express underneath the door, <laughs> and my wife, or not at that time, said, "You know, you you got a Federal Express." I said, "Open it up." She opened it up, and they said, "You have two weeks' notice." Okay. At the same time, I had started the core program in that September, that was starting in September, core energetics. Yeah. So I went from the path work to join core energetics and to go back to my, to my roots, to my master's program, right? But now I got fired and then it took me four months to get a job as a clinical counselor at Downstate a university working with um, an alternative high school that kids that had problems with pot and that was their last, they, they couldn't make it in school. And uh, so I started back into the field. And at the same time, I started to see clients from in core energetics, right? And uh, so I went from doing, uh, do, becoming a cornogenic therapist, creating a practice, and working a full-time job counseling kids, you know, yeah. which I even created a basketball league for five different alternative high schools, and I, I organized four, five high schools, okay, 
you know, and and then in nine, I guess it was 1996. I just I applied for us to become a guidance counselor for the city of New York, and I was seeing a lot of clients, and so I I did that for two years in Bedford Stuy in Brooklyn, and then now I had about. 15 clients, 20 clients, and I was doing a full-time job and I decided to leave. I, I was offered a, a placement as a permanent guidance counselor, but I, I, I decided to do, to, um, to go into full-time practice full-time, right? Which really allowed me to become a core energetic therapist, teacher for Cornegetics, and I, I, I got my first process group in 1998 for New York, mm-hmm. and I've, I've run 22 years in a row process groups for New York. Was, was, was that a, a giant leap of faith, stepping into being a full-time Cornegetics yes. therapist? Or did yes. you just feel like the right but, thing to do? Like the lecture, you know, that's really a, gr- a great question. I want to say it, it was destiny mm-hmm. in a way. It was, it, it was like the, you know, it was like the, um, yes, it did take, I had to like, um, I had to um, risk not having security in the sense of medic um, healthcare, you know. And I had a I had a daughter that was um, three years old, okay. And 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 my wife depended on me because she took care. Basically, she took care mm. of Lizzie, right? So it was it was it was it was a leap of faith, but it was exciting but it felt the right thing to do. And it felt like I had to jump into the unknown, but I felt like this was my life destiny. And, and, and you know, 22 years later, right? And yeah. basically yeah. I could not have taught, not only in New York, but I couldn't have gone to Australia mm-hmm. as many times. I couldn't have gone to Greece. If I would have stayed in the school system, I would have been limited to what I could do. Yeah, yeah. So it really allowed you to to expand in a way that you couldn't by taking that leap of faith and taking that risk of actually following through with what you felt inside over time. You really expanded, and I think that's really powerful because I know a lot of people listening are either, I mean, you know, feedback we get is that people are on the cusp or on the verge of taking a leap of faith and following their heart, or, or, or even just kind of having a vague intention of doing it one day, you know, leaving a certain yeah. job or, and it's, you know, whatever that is, it's such a, an important thing for us, especially right now, is seeing all these, these changes. So it's, it's a beautiful reflection to hear that, you know, through that, you actually really expanded and really found, you know, something that you, as you said, you know, your destiny, which I love. Mm-hmm. And do you have yeah, any? I also, yeah. yeah. Go on. 
Um, I just had a question, uh, which was, yeah, yeah. If I mean, it sounds contrived words of advice, but I'm curious if you have any wisdom for people who are thinking of making that leap to either creating their own practice, like you did, but also X, Y, Z, whatever that looks like. Yeah. So I want to say that um, to make the leap of faith, the lectures talk about faith has to come with experience too. It can't be just faith and not be grounded in this lifetime. In the lectures, they talk about that it's, it's, it's not the big things, it's the small things that matter too, right? And so there's a, there's a groundedness that one has to build, you know, and, and, and there's a reality that you have to be in, okay? And yet then you, there's always an unknown that you have to be willing to leap into, but you have to be willing, so, you know, for me, it's like you have to be saying, I want to learn, I want to grow, I want to, you know, and, and why do I want to do this is, for me, it was like, I'll give you an example, right? Um, in New York, Stuart Black was the director and he would do um, intensives and he would have teachers come to do the intensives to work with four different clients, okay? And three, so there would be 12 teachers and I did it two or three times. And the first time I did it, um, I, I had an, I told John Paracas, who was the head of Core Energetics, I came back from it and he said, I was in a group with him and he said, so what has changed? I said, well, I felt like I went to a new vista in my life. I felt like I helped this woman um, make such a major step, even though she really was stuck, right? But and it wasn't like she, she basically um, went home one night and said, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. But Stuart said, you're not ready. And he was right. And then she came back with a different view and a different um, attitude because she had felt her, what was stopping her, okay? And um, the feeling was that, my God, I, I would do this for nothing, but I know I have to get paid. Mm -hmm. But I really like helping people, okay? Mm -hmm. And I think if I had advice, really, you have to love it, okay? And, and if you love it, then you might be, you'll be willing to make that step, that first step that might be, to, to take on three clients or two clients or the first client, okay? Yeah. I, and I yeah. want to say, I had along the road experiences with people that I felt, wow, I can help them, okay? And by the, and I want to use this word, by divine grace, okay? Thank you. Right? Divine Grace and Amma, who is a, is who I'm a devotee of, who I've been involved with for 
15 years and my daughter has brought me to armor more than anything else. Um, talks about divine grace that you have to make the effort, but you have to pray for divine grace, mm-hmm. you know? So you're not here alone. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that if you're in this field, you have to live this life and keep on growing and keep on changing. Like this, this coronavirus is a monster in a lot of ways, but it's a, it's a door opener too. Because whatever is in front of you, you can't run away from it when you're by yourself. Okay? And you have to meet yourself. Yeah, very true. Thank you, that's really powerful words. Also, for me personally, perhaps Rob, who are, you know, recent graduates of core, and uh, also like, you know, creating our practices and taking that little leap of faith. So it's beautiful to hear that from you, the, you know, someone who's gone through that journey. And I want to ask in your own words, how do you explain what core is? What is core energetics that you talk about? You know, I, w- I was thinking about that before we, we, we did this today. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and, and um, I want to say core is about finding the truth, but through the body, the mind, the, um, the emotions, the will, yeah. okay, the reality. Okay, it's about opening up your heart. You know, John used to say it's about love, Mm -hmm. but it's to be able to get to love, you know, and to, to, and, and, and it's about growth. Okay, and it's about willingness to be humble, to be vulnerable, okay, to, um, not think that that you need others, you know, it's about unity, right? It's about spirituality core core is, and it's about, um, it's about charge and discharge. Okay. You know, it's about, it's about when you have blocks in your body, you have to be blocks in your spirituality blocks in your, in your thought process. It's about, um, it's about finding the truth about it. It's about, it's about seeing where you have distortions and, and what that creates in your life and then willing to acknowledge your negativity, okay? And that, you, and you, which we call the lower self, you know? It's about cause and effect. You know, I teach a lower self supervision group once a month and I've been doing it now for a year with about 10 students that graduated from core you know and I give them a lecture every month to read you know it's kind of like when I gave you guys order as a universal principle Mm. lecture I did it in front of the community right right it's but it's really about self-responsibility and that you need divine grace you know it's it's it's, 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 it's like, it's like, you know, it's like you, you, you know, in a lecture 258, it talks about salvation. It says, 
that you have to take self-responsibility, you need the help of others, and you need the help of God. And if you don't believe in God, you just need the help of nature, or you just need that you're not here just alone. And there's a spiritual aspect of core. But I want to say that cause and effect is probably at the it's it's probably at the heart of everything, right? Right. And the more you're developed, the more you're closer to cause and effect. The more you're coming just into this, the farther you away how you see your your causes and how it is how it affects you, right? So when you work with people, it's like work, helping them to kind of figure that out, that somehow they're creating their life, okay? And it's about moving away from blaming the child, their childhood to taking responsibility for adulthood. Do you often find with clients there's like a, a light bulb moment for them when they actually realize that, the things that are going on in their life are around the cause and effect, and there's so many things that they do that are creating their reality. Yeah, that's that's a really big moment. But you know, in in the movies, it's like wow. Then it's wow. Yeah, but then it's like I got to get up in the morning and feed the dog. Yeah, you know? and yeah. it's like. All right, so, and I have to, you know, to me, it, this is about, to me, this is about being real, right? Mm-hmm. And being in life on a day, day, uh, daily basis, you know? And, and, and it means about growing, you know? It's about, you know, we could use technology. There, some people say, I hate technology. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do anything about it. Yeah. So in school, they stay in fear and they say, and I had this one woman that she goes, I can't stand this. I can't stand it, you know? And so she throws a tantrum and she stays in fear. So yeah. core is about going yeah. through fear and, 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 and being less afraid of life, okay? And it's not about that one moment it's a it's a process here. It's a journey, core. Okay, yeah. and um, and we live in a world that wants it right now. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. And also right. on the healing path, it's a yeah. I mean, I'm speaking from personal experience. I want it now. You know, I want to have a session, and I want to. Oh, I used to. You know, have a session or go go to a workshop and just see the results, see the change. Oh, you know, I want to heal this yeah, stuff, whatever's happening now. Right, because in some ways it, it's like you think you have your you think you have the answer now, mm. and then you don't have to kind of be in the in the next moment. You know, yeah. it's like almost like we're looking for an escape so we can we can uh, ride through it rather than have to earn it or yeah. or keep on working it you know it's like we have a lazy part of us we have a part that wants it everybody wants free meal right so but you have to keep on working on life life doesn't it's it's not that way and this coronavirus is a key is an is an amazing thing that 
that, you know, you could have all these thoughts about life and now you have the coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> reality. Yeah. Right? The reality, right? So the coronavirus is a is an eye-opener here. It's and we're all in it, right? One way or the other, we're all in it. So again, like I think um I think that to say present, okay, you know, it's interesting because in the last three, four weeks, I the Cornetics of New York were assigned. We have to we had to read a book about uh, race and being um, anti-racism. Yeah. And we have and 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 we ha I have to do a 14-hour course on trauma, right? And it's um it's amazing. I I I did the first course, and you know, I've been doing this for a long time, and there's a part of me that first says, "Do I really need this?" Mm. Uh, so that's my no. And then I, I did the call. I said, oh, this is great. This is like another way of kind of seeing how trauma works and how you can work with trauma and include it with core energetics. Right? So it's about always learning. Mm. And it's really key what you just said there, because that's, that's something that really kind of stands out me about Paul, which is saying yes to life. And it, everything you've said so far also about your journey, about you know, saying yes to the call to go to California, saying yes then to return back to New York, saying yes to doing core energetics. If, yeah, I'm just kind of reminded how core, you know, that's, that's, well, two things. That's really the invitation of core energetics, but it also is something that can be quite natural to, to to people. It can and it, it can't be, you know, some of us really squash that no and push it down. So have you always had a connection to that, uh, to that yes? I was kind of echoing Rob's question from before, was it something that you've really developed over time? Um, uh, I've grown over time in a sense. So, um, so, to, to, so, I've grown and, and so this, so of course about growth, right? Yeah. So I had this thing where with my daughter, no, Lizzie, no, I'm, you're not going to Dallas. You're 13 years old. You're not going to Dallas, okay? And my friend Steve, who I grew up with, is on the phone with me. And I said, you know, she wants to go and I'm, no way I'm, am I saying yes to this. And he says to me, did you, can you listen to her back? So I said, it's like my reaction was like how my father was. You know? mm. No, no, well, my mother. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I felt so righteous about it, okay? And then when he said it, I took him in. I said, oh. So then I went back to my daughter and I said, so tell me why you want to go. And she told me, and then I said, you know, some other time you'll go, but not now. But I hear you. I hear what you want, right? So I have a reactive part in me that one of my growing up or growth my, is my daughter was my teacher, okay? So I, so no, I, I did not have a yes. And in actuality, but 
I also have this part of me that's willing to challenge my own my own no. Mm. Okay. Which is another form of yes. Maybe it's yeah. not the yes. In this context, yeah, you're not yeah. saying yes to your daughter, but you're saying yes to your to something else, to, to growth. Yes, and also, but there's also so I'll give you another kind of little story. Yeah. So I took my daughter, who was a second time going to California for Thanksgiving to see Amoth. And we were Debbie Bobber is is a celebration of the mother's the warrior of the mother, right? And it's an all-night affair. It goes to nine o'clock in the morning the next day. And we're out there in San Ramon, California, beautiful. And Lizzie says to me, Dad, um, can I, 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 Swami asked whether I could come to Philadelphia on the next Thursday, okay? And I said, we're here in California now. Don't you have school? She said, yeah, but I can miss it. I said, Lizzie, this is enough right now. You're not going to Philadelphia. She was 15 years old, okay? <laughs> She started to throw a tantrum as we're going to my brother Willie's house 20 minutes away, crying, Daddy, I want to go, Daddy, I want to go. I, then we got to my brother, I can't go up there, I can't go up there, you know. And I said, Lizzie, um, you're not going to Philadelphia. And I, and I said to her, yes or now, you'll appreciate me saying no to you because you cannot, you, you have to go, you're going to school and you're not going, you're not an adult yet, right? And it was really hard, you know? So it's like learning how to say yes and no, and, and it's, it's like every situation kind of can be a different no or a different yes. There's no kind of generalization, oh, I got to my yes and I got to my no, you know? A kid will challenge either one. <laughs> but what I'm hearing from your story too is that um, the yes can be said through, through the yes to life can be said as a no, and then the no to life can be said as a yes. It's not really the words; it's the the intention behind it, and how much you're present, or you know, willing to grow from whatever experience, willing to to expand from the experience, maybe. Yes, and I want to say here, and I want to bring it to working with people, right? Yeah. So when you, in groups, right, when you, and I've been, you know, I've had a lot of group experience, right? Yeah. That yes yeah. and no will be challenged in, in and, and unless you're willing to kind of bring yourself and take the risk of somebody not liking you, okay, and do it from the intention that you're there to help them. And, you know, the, the lectures say that, I think it was Recreating Childhood Hurts, it says that um, if you just let the kid do whatever they want, they won't respect you. And somewhere they'll think that the lower self can get away and that somehow, and that's really unhealthy for them and you're there to help them, okay, you know, find their limits. And only by finding your limits do you find your potential. Only by finding your limits can you find your potential. Mm. That's profound, yeah. Yeah. 
and children will challenge. We'll, we'll help you find your limits, I'm oh, sure. Oh, <laughs> oh, but here's the challenge too. Yeah. You want people like you, yeah. okay? So you can't go beyond that, right? You can't say, oh, it doesn't matter. No, most of the time you want them to like you. And when you do it, it it's like you have to have most, you have to know why you're doing it. Right. And 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 when you're first in this field, you don't really know. You're you're kind of like just like just like being a parent. You really don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You only know the example of what you've been you've experienced. Okay. But what we're talking about here is helping people and also for you to grow and to see that there are other ways of dealing with situations with people. It's interesting that you brought in the group work because I think you, you've come from working with individual clients and going into group work. Ed and I have come from working with groups and then going the other way to working with individual clients. And I'm just curious because for me there's something... A, a, a lack of safety when you when you start to work in a group because you have all these different energies coming together in this cauldron. And as you said, it's like there's that sense of frustration of being able to just put yourself out there. And have you found that's been different and it's something that you've had to step into of like really trusting your own knowledge and skills in order to deliver that group work? Yeah, I, I, I want to say that, you know, I had a combination of individual and group because mm -hmm. in my master's program, yeah. I had a lot of, I, like I, my major was groups, right? Mm -hmm. I did because all groups I did, you know, so I, I, grew, I grew up with a family of seven, you know, I was the oldest, right? So, you know, I have a twin brother, but, you know, as everyone knows, and, and you guys know, but... Um, I think that, so I can only say from my own experience is that like I've always felt comfortable in groups where my twin brother wasn't really comfortable, right? Mm -hmm. All right, and so I think you, ha you know, to become comfortable in groups is, is a, is a uh, you have to work at it, mm -hmm. you know? Right. And to individual is so for me, individual work is about, oh, I always wanted somebody. I always wanted my father. I wanted to be with my father alone from the crowd. At, you know, I wanted with my mother. So this idea when somebody comes to see you, it's like you and them. And there's mm -hmm. a big difference mm -hmm. between you and them and a group. Yeah, it's, you know? intimacy. Yeah. it's more intimacy with a one to one, I guess. How have you found that intimacy, and I know you've done, been doing like online sessions for a while, but how do you find the intimacy different with a Skype session and a, and a live session? And with the corona, I'm assuming you're doing mainly uh, online sessions. How is that? Well, you know, it's, it's real. So you know that because I've taught in different parts of the world, right? Yeah. I've had sessions on... I've been on I've been online for a long time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What I have found different was was really a challenge. I so I, in April and June I taught um, I taught uh, on Zoom 
uh, and I ran process group on Zoom. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I said, I hate this. <laughs> and I still want to be, we are social human beings, mm-hmm. you know, but um, so um, it really was a struck, um, a frustration and a struggle for me to do this Zoom yeah. um, that first weekend. And, uh, you know, I, even in the process group with, in the, with the faculty, I said, I hate, I, 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 I hate this. And I, um, I felt like, I felt really frustrated and felt incompetent. And I felt like, oh, this is really, so it really put me to the part that I rely on my intuition and my instincts a great deal. And in Zoom, it's really hard to tell. And I had, and what I've been working on my whole life is order and structure. And I'm, I'm much more like, and you guys know, I can go in there and process, but to go to re, be organized in my thought and, 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 and reason is been my challenge and growth mm-hmm. and my pain and my wound and my pain. Right. So I met that in April and 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 even though I felt a lot of pain, I felt also a growth experience mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. Maybe not at the time when it was happening. <laughs> okay, and I was challenged by somebody in the audience that really challenged me. Okay, and then the second weekend I was challenged again, and he was holding this about me for a whole year that I was the process group leader. And then he came out on Zoom, okay? And my assistant said, I can't believe you just took him in, you know? Um, So when I first did this, it would have been really hard, right? Right? But my experiences taught me how to take people in and also hear them out and say, I hear you, but that's probably not the whole truth either. Mm-hmm. All right. So I acknowledge your truth, but let's look at this part of you, you know? So, and this, I want to say to people that are going into this field, you have to be willing to learn, to grow, to get, to be hurt. Over the years, I've been hurt when I taught. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has liked how I talk. Yeah. Right? Some people have hated how I talk. Okay. And it was really painful, but a learning experience that I thought this was like my deficit. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I couldn't just do what I wanted to do with everybody. I thought almost like I'm great at this, you know? And I found I, not to everybody. So the willing to take feedback, to take criticism. Yeah, yeah it's really great to hear. There's so much freedom in that. Yeah. Like, you know, people are going to hate the way you work, just regardless. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there's often that perfectionist belief. People think I can only do it when I'm good enough. I need to be perfect. And there's real power in accepting you're never going to be perfect and you're never going to please everybody. So you might as well just do it anyway. <laughs> just yeah. go with the flow and see what happens. 
Well, I want I want to tell you another kind of. I was teaching um, resistance, you know, and I had this concept, this idea of putting them into groups of three and four, and I basically asked them what areas they avoid and and to talk with. So when they were done and we came back after break, um, this woman who I was really we liked each other said to me, I am so, I said, you seem, you need to move your energy. And she said, yes, I fucking hate this class. This is the worst class I have ever had in my fucking life. She says, right. Right. And, um, I looked at her and, and I, and I knew what she was saying. I mean, I knew that I went too long with it. Okay, and I knew sometimes I like to go longer so I don't have to get in. I can almost not have to be there. You know, I know that of myself. So she says, I want to know how to work with people's resistance. So I said, well, come on, let's get up and do the seven steps and let's bring it and let me help you. And then I said, I stopped. I said, I can't go on right now. I said, I have to just tell you that what you just did hurt me. You didn't kill me. I just need to tell you, you hurt me, okay? And she wrote me, a, so she then she worked the seven steps and then she wrote me an email after that. She said, I just want to tell you, you taught me what leadership was all about today, you know? And that's it's not easy to be a leader in that way, okay? I think for me, that's a really important lesson because I was thinking about what you were saying about teaching on Zoom and the way the world has changed. And for me, it's like this, there's something about being together in a group and that socialization. You can read people's body language. You can pick up the energy a lot easier. And if yeah, you're looking yeah. at little, little boxes on the screen of different people, it's much harder to be able to do that and, and read the energy of a group. And... I think the, the aspect of leadership of actually just being able to speak your truth and sp say to someone how you feel is such, a, is such a way of actually helping somebody else feel comfortable to do the same thing. Yeah. 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 And that, but I think the challenge here, which I found in that weekend, um, was, and I know this about even when you're with people in person, right? You have to be willing to kind of bring yourself there and 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 bring their energy. So what ha what I did with a group of I think it was 22, 24 students, I brought them almost to come out of their <laughs> their boxes. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, you know how I can bring the energy, right? Yeah. It's like so you have to be willing to bring yourself more even here now than and you and and if you say oh this sucks which it does, and I don't ever want to live like this, okay? Mm -hmm. I refuse to think this is the way of the future, okay? Um, but at the same time, you have to find a way to bring your energy in here, right? It's like us doing this right now, right? You asked me about how working online. If you're, if you're willing to bring yourself and, and also take in the other person, there's an intimate thing about being online 
that can be very, and you get to see people where they live, mm-hmm. okay? So which, when they come to your office, they don't necessarily see where you live, yeah. okay? Yeah. I have to point out, we are dressed, if the listeners are just wondering. <laughs> I feel like, so there's always like a theme that, you know, comes out of these conversations and for me, the theme that you're bringing today for us is really that, you know, saying yes to leadership and saying, through saying yes to growth and to life and to evolution, something along those, those terms. That's what I'm really receiving from you. Yes, I want to say yes and to get there, right, yeah. is the journey, right? Yeah. To go through the pain, to go through the, the uncomfortableness, to go through the, uh, the humility, to go through, like, to, to, to acknowledge um, that you don't know everything, that you and acknowledge when you don't know to say when you make a mistake, you know. So the guide says this a lot: to be open, to be honest, to be self-confrontive. Okay, is the road to your higher self. Yeah, beautiful. Maybe that's a powerful statement to end on. Unless, unless there's something else you want to share, I feel that's a beautiful word to finish, but unless there's anything else, anything else that you want to share with us? Well, is there anything you want to ask me other than that, Rob? Or, you know? Anything else to ask? I mean, just the one thing that pops into my head is listening to your journey and the, the different decisions you've made and the jobs and the moving around and everything else there's a sense of fearless but I think you answered it in the, the last statement like it's not fearless it's moving through that fear it's it's still feeling it and still making those decisions and still doing it like you know moving from Boston to California moving from counseling to selling copiers moving back to Brooklyn it's like going into practice, it's, it doesn't sound like it was fearless. It f- feels as though what you were saying was there was a lot, a lot of fear, but you still did it. You worked through those emotions. Right. So let me, give, let me tell you a story to end this, right, in that, in that, in that vein. Yeah. Uh, Stuart Black asked me to go. To, I was, it was 19... I think it was 2003, he asked me to go to teach in Australia, okay? I had never taught um, more than a half a day by myself, and I don't even know if I taught that before. I had been running process groups, right? So he asked me to go to to Australia, and I said, you know, I I, got to find out. I got to take care of my daughter. You know, I got to see... And then I said, what am I hesitating? I'm going to teach in Australia. So I said yes to him, right? And then I, I was in a, in a supervision group, and I brought how I was. I was on the floor dying. I thought I was going to die going to Australia. I never taught. I was going to teach five days in a row, okay? And I was going 20 hours 
22 hours on a plane, yeah. right? And uh, and I was doing this process with, with Rena Bramos. Um, uh, she was the, the facilitator and Brad, Bradney, you know, uh, Ala was there, you know, um, and there was five, Warren, there was a lot of people, you know, and, and I was dying. And, and, and so then I get to Australia and my first line to them is, God must have sent me because I surely didn't volunteer. <laughs> okay. God must have sent me because I surely didn't volunteer. It's really a meeting point of the humanity, the divine and the human in that state. Yes. I think I want to say that has always been my stronghold more than just Yes, I've I've been afraid and I've gone through it, but I think I've had faith in the divine since I was a little kid. You know, obviously there were moments when it went right out the door, but ultimately it it was one of my through lines in my life, which has allowed me from the grace of God to to be able to do his will and yeah. to do this work. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So speaking of your work, how do people yeah. get in touch with you? How do people connect with you? So What's the best way? They, okay, so they can, through my website, charlescawley.com, yeah. through my email, IANC142, at AOL.com or or WhatsApp or text me. Yeah. Right. 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 And um yeah. Yeah, it's great. I'll make sure we'll make sure those links are around the podcast recording so yeah. people can have access that easily. Thank you, Charlie. That was really beautiful to reconnect with you and to receive your wisdom. Thank you. Yeah, it's been great for you know, it's yeah. great to kind of uh, to to share your life. Yeah.